Hello and welcome to 2023, literally the 1st of January 2023. Welcome to Property Matters, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. You can find our weekly property show, even in this year, on the same website, which is propertymatterstv.co.uk, or by searching Property Matters TV in either YouTube or Facebook. And if you're watching on our website, then please leave us a review on the Google Review button. Whenever, wherever you're watching us, please get in touch and tell us what you think of the show, give us your opinion. And if you'd like to email it, hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk. And also, of course, it's available as a podcast. It'll be available tomorrow on the 2nd of January for uh, anyone who wants to listen on those eight big podcast platforms which are listed on the screen there. So let's say Happy New Year to Joe Joshi. Welcome to 2023 in property, Joe. Yes, welcome everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Let's hope this is the year. But we always say that year in, year out. This is the year for us, the year for everybody. I uh, hope you had a great Christmas um, and, uh, you know, got everything that you wished for. And now let's wish for all the good things of 2023. Uh, as long as you haven't been on too much sauce last night um, and you're not hungover, uh, you know, we, we obviously just had to do this because... We are committed to making sure that we talk to you. Uh, and you're probably thinking, what on earth are these guys doing at this time of the morning? Um, bugging me about property. But you know what? Someone's got to do it, and it may as well be us. So yeah. you know, you'll, at least you'll remember those, those two characters turned up in, in, our, in our room, in our living room, um, on the 1st of January, 2023, talking about property. You never know that one little thing we might say make all the difference for you. So happy new year. Absolutely. And uh, whether it's going to be happy or not, of course, is a different uh, matter because uh, much of the stories continue as the way they did in 2022, to be perfectly honest with you. With interest rates likely to rise to 4.5%, inflation nearly 11%, and material and labour costs going through the roof, 2023 promises to be an annus horribilis, says this article by Property Investor Post for developers and property owners. To rub salt into these fresh wounds, new legislation will come into effect in 2023. 2023 that will further increase the cost of construction and owning property. First off, Joe, to consider is the Building Safety Act, which was born in 2022, known as the BSA. It's a wide-ranging act that evoked, evolved rather, out of the Grenfell disaster. The act seeks to make buildings safer by imposing more compliance requirements and placing greater responsibility on those who build or who are otherwise responsible for buildings. The act in itself it's like a dot-to-dot -dot drawing at the moment with some of the numbers missing. So it's difficult to say what the real picture of this looks like. But they're going to have secondary legislation in 2023 that will allow the Act to take shape and properly spell out all the consequences for developers and property owners. But there's some quite onerous stuff in here, not least the fact that there is... Um, um, retrospective increasing of the limitation period for claims under the Defective Premises Act of 1972 to 30 years, 15 years if the building was erected post-BSA, uh, extending liability under the DPA to include renovations and extensions. So the responsibility and the liability rests with the uh, owners or the people responsible for the building for up to 30 years, which is quite a significant change. And you've also got the fire safety regulations of 2022. Uh, in, an, in addition to all of the above, uh, amendments made to the fire safety regulations come into force on the 23rd of January this month, creating new duties for responsible persons. It's not a good time to be investing in building new property, is it, Joe? Well, this is a... Um, yes. Look, I tried to make this as nice and lively at the beginning, Paul, <laughs> and you've just done... 
you just stuck a nail in the coffin for the whole of this. I mean, what, what, what is it about you? I mean, you've either had a little bit extra sauce and now you're like giving me a hard time. I can't believe it. it's only the 1st of January. You've got the rest of the year to get through. It's difficult anyway. to find any good news anywhere at the moment, Joe, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, just having a laugh. No, the, the the thing is that look, um, this 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 particular scenario really is going to hit home to the developers. They've really got to up their game, and of course, it's like everything else is going to be passed down the line to guess who the consumer, um, and we're going to have to find more money because they're going to charge more money, and and it's all down downhill from there. But I have to say, I have to put a spin on this whole thing because property investment, buying your own home is the best thing that you'll ever do. So pain or no pain, you've got to get through this like everybody else has and many, many thousands and millions of people have done prior to that. We will, we will together get through all of these things. But yes, Michael Gove has probably had the best Christmas, hasn't he? He's the one that <laughs> sat there um, and thought, I'll pen, pen this because I know it will make other people miserable in 2023 especially the builders um and the and the developers and they're looking at it and thinking my god look at this this whole new list of things that we've now got to do on top of that the fire brigade have got involved because they want you know soft copies hard copies and any other copies they can get um uh, in order to make sure that they they know which exit they can come in and which exit they can to leave in and so forth so there's a lot going on um obviously grand glenfell uh, grenfell had 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 a a big part to play in this um, and it's been an ongoing thing for a number of years obviously there was um, a lot of life losses uh, there and it's very sad to see those things happen and you know in fact it's one of those things that is out of those sadnesses some of these things have now actually evolved and we've got to we've got to all pick up the bill and deal with it but um, sometimes that's the way life is you, you you know an accident happens and you've got to learn from it and we're now having to learn from the fact that what happened at uh, at uh, Grenfell and and so people are having to do more work builders and developers are having to do more work um, to protect the, what they're building and that's in a way a good thing for us because we buy these these properties um, our children buy these properties and we want to make sure that they are safe and sound and if it means that you've got to go that extra mile that extent make sure that those things are right then that's this is the cost that we have to pay for it's a bit like having the insurance policy but the premium is going to go up now um and um and so you know but we used to, it, it's a lesser of the two you've got to have it you've got to have the insurance policy otherwise you can't you can't protect yourself you can't go for, for, for further on it so you know these building regulations um i uh, had a good through a read through these and they're, they're mind-blowing really of what is likely to happen in and and so there is going to be an investor opportunity, isn't it? There's a shortage of, of new properties coming in because of all these regulations and the costs are going up. And subsequently, what's left is going to go up in price. So for investors, homeowners, it will be a good thing because obviously your properties will be worth more because there's not much more coming onto the market that can't be built in the space and time that they're talking about. For tenants and landlords, it's going to be good news because obviously there is a shortage of rental properties, but for tenants, it will be a bad news because they're gonna to have to pay more to secure the right property. So it's a mixed bag of, of goods and the bads that happen, but that's no different every, every New Year's or every new year you come up and you think there's gonna be this and there's gonna be that. But 
the good thing is that we've got to go away with, with the positive out of this and that is that you know still the best form of investment you'll make um ever in your life is only your own home Yes, you can see costs going up because of this. I mean, it's not just the original build, it's actually any uh, renovations or extensions done. Uh, companies are going to be held through building liability orders and a new accountable person regime will be set up. So basically an individual, presumably a company, uh, will be responsible for the not just the, the making sure that everything is, is, is done correctly, but also making sure that, as you rightly say, that the local fire and rescue authorities have got all the electronic building plans and hard copies as well so that they can see exactly the key fighting information, the firefighting information they need. And they've got secure information um, actually on site at the at the venue in a secure fireproof box and everything. So, so that's going to put a whole layer of cost on top which of course will inevitably get passed on. But another part of me thinks that actually we're gonna see developers say, well, do you know what, to hell with doing high rise, I'm just gonna to build to a certain level where, where I don't have to have so much um, regulation put on me. Yes, but that's where the profit and, and the loss is coming, Paul. The problem is always with these things, that, yeah, you'd like to try and keep it at a certain level, but you know, if they're buying land at a, at a high level in order to get the return, they've got to go, you know, to a higher, higher amount. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. What do you do? Um, and um, so I think that um, it's, I don't think anyone's gonna have the choice in it. It's, you know, if they bought at the level where it means that the high rise has got to be put on it, and, and you can't change that in, in the city, that's the problem. Um, you can't go into the centre of Westminster and say, okay, well, I'll just put two floors up. It's just never going to be viable. Um, you know, they, they've got to put the gherkin, they've got to put the, the cheese grater and, and, and all the other fantastic names that they come up with um, uh, from, from the fruit and the, and the food basket um, about, um, about the names of the buildings that they're going to... I mean, they, they've just got to be that, that size in order for it to happen. So I don't think that that is going to actually go away. Um, is it, yes in the outer skirt perhaps in the other parts of the country you might find that people can get away with sort of lower ones but certainly in any city that's not going to happen yeah now if you've got a building over 11 meters in high uh, uh, the lifts have to be um, uh, inspected once a month from uh, this year and uh, also fire doors and flat entrances will need to be checked annually and those in common parts checked quarterly. So the responsible persons were required to provide uh, fire safety instructions to occupiers, setting out what an occupier must do if a fire occurs in the context of the building's evacuation strategy. So you can see that that's just going to be a level of um, costs that's going to be there as part of their lease environment, I guess. Interesting you say something there. I was just thinking that, you know, um, can you imagine that every flat or every property that is sold, that the agent has to actually go through the entire fire exit process with the new occupants? So they need to be um, well versed on their thing. Or there will be someone who is um, who is um, qualified um, and, and knows that particular building and it would actually have to come in and do a training session for, for people that buy a flat in a high rise um, and say, like, you know, before you put the key through the door, I must stand you outside a bit like, you know, the uh, the airlines, you know, when they stand there and do their signal about how many exit doors are you. you was, <laughs> I just visualized this person standing in the hallway and saying, you've got to go down that exit and there's, there's the door for this and there's 
there's the um you know acts for that in this um fire safe box and this is what you've got to do and, and yeah i mean that that could be a, a new way of having to almost initiate a new owner each time a property is sold let alone obviously those that are going to buy from plan from brand new i wonder if that could be an area that'll have to be continued um it's probably not been talked about yet but there's there's a, a window of opportunity for someone to then start say well we've got to provide this regular service um it may be the management of the of the block that's got to do that but you know security is important safety is ultra important brings into perspective the notion we discussed last time um actually a couple of weeks ago about common hold the notion that maybe <laughs> they could all club together and look after the building between them there's this is going to make a complete uh, driver coach and horses through all of that isn't it Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. That if you look at the number of people and how that's going to be, I mean, if you have if you have an 11 storey block and I don't know, 200 apartments in it or something like that, God, God help them all. That's what I'd say is who's going to do what. And they'll have to end up employing a management company of some sort to be able to deal with these things. But it is, you know, it is the, the benefit, the, you know, the, the five benefits I always think about the United Kingdom is that we are an island. We can go up or we can go down very fair, really, very fair, rarely are we going to be able to go out because we haven't got the space. So we've got to do with what we've got to do with. And um, if it means that, you know, you've got to work around those situations, that's what it's going to be. But yes, the ultimate cost will happen and we will end up paying it. Well, if the BSA and the fire regulations weren't enough, the last one we've got is the Leveling Up and Regeneration Bill, which was intended to be the government's flagship legislation for the purpose of cutting planning red tape and setting mandatory new housing building house building targets for local authorities. The bill will most likely be enacted in 2023, bringing about the most fundamental change in planning since 1947. It will re-centralise decision-making powers by way of a national development planning policy, uh, trumping local development plans, of course, which is a bit of a, a power grab by central government. So there's going to be radical change there, and they do need to uh, look at the planning system, don't they? Because it is in an absolute mess at the moment. But is Michael Gove trying to grab this uh, and, and centralise all this power while still wanting to be seen to be um, giving choice and democratic planning in the local areas? Yeah, Michael Gove is... Um... Is, is having a good pop at trying to make sure that he can absolutely clear everything out, but it's not going to happen in a heartbeat. There's a lot to do. And yes, planning regulations, planning laws, all those things need to be fast tracked. They do take a long time. They are archaic, a bit like the conveyancing system. It's very archaic. Um, and, you know, things do need to change for us to move forward. Everything else changes fast, you know. Most people can do most things on their smartphones now, and yet there are certain things that just cannot happen without the intervention of time and time that is taken up by simply looking at um, and, and you know somebody else is away or someone can't do it. So I think the planning rules and regulations will definitely need to be changed. Leveling up is is, is definitely on the cards, um, but I just think that when you time it with all the other things that have been happening, um, is this going to be another? delaying tactic, another reason why things aren't going to happen um, in time, another reason why things can't get built, another reason why developers can't actually get them. So, you know, those sometimes those things there are the drivers of what we pay for. for. But prices go up, it's about a supply and demand, and when the demand is high and the supply is limited, you know, we end up paying more money for those things. And I, th I still believe that there are 
other things that people can do or governments can introduce into the mix, allowing for people to invest in other things that will actually ease the, um, the burden that is on the housing market. Um, that's a minus from my own point of view, because obviously the higher they are, the better sales, the better commissions and so forth. But equally, we all have children and we want to make sure that they have the chance to step on the first run of the property ladder as well and enjoy them. Um, so you've got, it's, it's a balancing act. Indeed. And the uh, government has rebranded the Future Homes Standard. Do you know what they've called it? The Future Homes and Buildings Standard. That was there you go. <laughs> that was obviously a long meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This actually comes it. into effect in 2025, but 2023 will see stopgap provisions coming into force before the standard becomes effective. Uh, a full technical consultation relating to the launching of the uh, standard will take place in 2023. Um, but the, the Federation of Master Builders says that 52% of its membership either had not prepared for the changes or were not aware what they were under this new future homes and building standards. More needs to be done to make contractors aware of their upcoming responsibilities. And whilst the, uh, the article concludes by saying, well, basically, we know there's a strong political will to make buildings safer after what happened with Grenfell and, uh, and, and all these stories of rogue landlords and so forth. So there's no doubt about it that the government has had the property industry in its sights for quite a while now. And you can argue in some cases, probably for, for, through their own fault in some instances. But there, there is a real worry here that the, the, the industry is going to stagnate. The construction industry will stagnate as these companies try and wrestle with what is essentially a moving feast because some of these aren't even fleshed out yet. So they're going to be trying to work out how they can navigate through all this regulation to just end up doing what, of course, they're there to do, which is to make a profit and build some good homes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's just a lot to be taken on. I suppose education is the key here for all of the developers, um, all the people that have got to get involved. They, you know, they've got to get it right. Otherwise, they'll just pay a price for it at the end or not have... The other, the other aspect of this is, is the funders. I mean, the people that are going to lend you the money to do that will want everybody to be absolutely up to standard before they can actually, because otherwise they end up holding the baby. Things don't go right, they end up holding the property, and, and it's not what they're, they're, they're set out to do. So I expect challenges in, in all of those um, aspects, but challenges is what we rise to. Um, and I think, you know, we've, you've just got to deal with them. Uh, they are going to they are going to come as you say you know changes in 2025 but the start of them will be here now in 23. indeed and it looks like a soft landing now for the um uh, residential property market that's what they're saying for 2023 so this is a little bit more positive joe to cheer you up the residential property market is struggling to regain momentum following the disastrous mini budget in september but a soft landing is still possible according to nationwide the lender is predicting property prices will drop by around five percent in this year which is rather modest compared to the projections made by some other market analysts Reflecting on the market, they say it's remarkably resilient. 
for the first quarter of the year with annual house price ranging growth raising from 10% to 14.3 in the first eight months of the year despite intense pressure on household finances from surging inflation and a steady rise in mortgage interest. Uh, between January and August, the average UK house price increased by almost £20,000 from 255556 to 273751 in 2022, of course. Uh, this performance was uh, all the more surprising since housing affordability was already stretched in a number of important respects. In particular, deposit requirements had become increasingly onerous as a result of the uh, house prices outstripping earnings by a wide margin in recent years. And a 10% deposit, of course, on the typical mortgage on a first-time buyer, um, increasing to almost 60% of annual gross earnings as an all-time high. So obviously the cost of buying a property, 60% of your average salary, which of course is the highest it's been for a while. So they're saying it's gonna be a soft landing, but actually you can look at it the other way. As prices start to fall, prices become a little bit more reasonable. Yes, the interest rates are higher, but you're not paying as much in the first place. No, there's gonna be, um It'll be balanced out, Paul, as far as I'm concerned. When you look at the lack of supply, um, which will happen due to um, the changes in the building regulation, um, the lesser chance of people being able to uh, borrow money, which means that they'll be renting. Um, house prices will continue to rise because for supply and demand, the demand will be high. Supply will become somewhat limited because of the earlier actions, the fact that they can't build them, and the fact there's new laws and new legislations coming into it. Um, the interest rates are likely to, you know, I've always thought it'd be four and a half to five percent before they settle down. Um, and they were, you know, amazingly low at the outset. It's just that they've come at a shock level at speed, uh, thanks to um, Quasi and Liz's intervention of the so-called mini budget, which um, has caused problems for everyone. But we are where we are now, and, and I think the reality of it is that, um, yes, there is a 5% um, correction, as I would say it, not a downturn, because they were, based on supply and demand, obviously moving up quite a lot. And so people are now realizing that maybe they're not getting it as much as they were perhaps a couple of years ago during the pandemic. I mean, if you think about a plus, in the pandemic, the house prices rose you know, amazingly high. And considering it was a pandemic, you'd think nobody wanted to go anywhere. But of course, people did. So, you know, now it's a stranger's folk, as they say. We don't know which way our minds think and how we actually tend to work. But the way I, I see it is that there is going to be a slight, you know, caution in the amount of availability that will put the house prices up. And though there might be a 5% correction, I think by the end of the year, you'll find that it will bounce back up. Um, and we will we will find that there's there's room to sort of start looking and it may may become even a seller's market as opposed to a buyer's market uh, but you know today's the first day of 23 we've got the rest of it to uh to work out yet. <laughs> yeah, indeed. The Nationwide is suggesting that uh, that mortgage rates are taking a longer time than expected to normalise. Um, and, and again, because you say you still think there might be some, some room for more uh, rate rises uh, in the new year, in this new year. Um, and, and we've had three successive um, monthly declines since September, which is our worst run on house prices since 2008. And the suggestion is that a lot of people have actually put off uh, looking at looking at new property until the new year because they're just thinking well I just want to see where rates end up 
uh, and then I'll make my move if I feel I need to. So uh, people are being a little bit sort of cautious, I guess, and you can understand why. Uh, we still wait to see if we're going to have uh, more interest rate rises, but they're suggesting that overall we should be around... Um, 5% growth for the year. But as you say, that's more of a correction because it just couldn't be possible for it to sustain over such a long period of time uh, going up at the rate it was. No, and, and there's always a correction, you know, when it's, it's, it's the old supply and demand. When, when the demand is high and the supply is limited, house prices shift up. That's when you sort of rub your hand in glee and thinking, well, hey, is this going great? But then you know, reality checks in, things like interest rates come in and all sorts of other scenarios that bring us into that situation. And now we're just seeing a correction. It's a correction. You know, we use my analogy as I always do. We're in neutral now for a little while before we get into drive. Um, and, um, you know, we'll settle here and then we'll work out and, and then sort of start going forward again, all being well, probably by the end of the year of 2023. And they make the point in conclusion, Joe, that although obviously we've got a cost of living crisis and energy has never been more expensive, generally speaking, household balance sheets remain in good shape, in good shape even, <laughs> not good sheep, good shape, um, but because they've got significant protection from higher borrowing costs because they've got uh, fixed mortgage rates because around 85% of people have a fixed interest rate. So at the moment, the balance sheet in the home doesn't look too bad. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there was a lot of shocks that came in at the latter part of 22 uh, with uh, the cost of living, the energy prices, the interest rates, all of those things that some people had already taken heed and caution and fixed their rates. So, you know, that's that's the good thing. And the other things they'll work around. So I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't see doom and gloom overall. Yes, we're going to have a little bit of a dip in, in, the, in, in the grand scheme, but you know, that's that's just natural in the, in the property game. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't have a program to do, Paul. We, there would be nothing to talk about. And it's very important that we are here every Sunday morning um, in everyone's living rooms, making sure that they know that we, we wake up at 10 o'clock to deliver them the good and the bad. And our last story really confirms that as well. This is the boss of a company called PropTech, whose name is Lee Martin. And he tends to agree with us, saying that house prices are expected to drop between 5 and 10% over the next year. Uh, he says that's not doom and gloom at all. He believes that the market has experienced unprecedented buoyancy since the pandemic, becoming a seller's environment and pushing prices to ever higher false premiums. Therefore, prices coming down should be seen as a levelling out rather than a drop. 5% fall in house prices next year would see most of the market current overvaluation reversed by December of 2023. He expressed the view that new homes market will always turn on its survival mode in a harder market, regardless of the climate, citing tools that can be used to help broker a deal, such as a stamp duty paid for by the company, utility bills or service charges paid for a limited time, and government schemes such as the um, HTP scheme and um, shared ownership. So um, he's saying that there's still incentives going to be there. There's going to be people that want to move, who have to move because of work and more kids on the way, that kind of thing. And of course, with the mortgage rates slowly starting to stabilise, things don't look so bad. There's always a number of people that are social movers. They move because of children going to different schools. They move because of jobs. They move because of personal circumstances that may have happened. They're not all driven by the fact that house prices are what they're actually living for and dying for. That's the normal circumstances of movement that happens in our everyday life. So those things that have to happen will continue to happen. And I can't imagine for one minute that that has going to have a detriment. Yes, there will be um, people rethinking about their strategy as investment. 
for the short term, especially not knowing what the rates would be, what the mortgage, uh, what, what the lending rates would be, and more than more than anything else, borrowing percentages, um, and and so the buy to let rates and so forth have gone you know sky high. So it's made it challenging for people to sort of think I'll go and do a an investment purchase. So this is a whole you know um, buffet of of things that they've got to be changed. But I I, I think that all in all, um, you know. Thank God that there was a, a change in the powers that at least stabilised it. Had we left it to the organisers of the mini budget of 2022, we will be mini budgets ourselves by now. I think our friend Lee's been watching the show, Joe, because he finishes with a great quote. He says, property is still and likely to always be the safest investment or asset to turn to. I would always rather have a home than cryptocurrency personally, but perhaps that reasoning is simply because I understand the property market and I've seen a couple of blips in the market in my 23 years of working within the industry. What goes up must come down until it goes up again. And on that note, we'll see you again next week for another Property Matters.